Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. In today's one, I'm going to run a few things by you. I'm going to share with you what a typical work week looks like for me. Uh, you know me as maybe your English teacher, uh, but there are also other things involved in my day-to-day -day life. And I think this is a good opportunity to share that with you, but also to expand your vocabulary and improve your comprehension skills at the same time. Now, this uh, the year works in periods. You know, we are leading up to Christmas, which means certain things might slow down, certain things might become busier. Obviously, if things are leading up to Christmas, you're not going to be taking on new projects that start now. The new projects are going to be for January and February. So actually, a lot of planning is taking place to try and organize courses for January because we have some spaces in the calendar. So consultations, messages, stories, posts, advertisements, all of these things are quite time consuming. If we have a look at the classes that have been fit or were in the schedule for last week, this was from Monday the 11th of December until Friday the 15th of December. Now, on average, there were six classes a day. Some, some days there were seven, and I believe on one day I had five. Now, on the Friday, I do try to limit the amount of classes I do because I want that to be more of a creative, productive day. I like to think of new ideas, record the podcast, plan the YouTube videos, record the YouTube videos, and reply to messages, you know, be very active on the social channels, because I think you need a day, or even two days, of clear mind and clear thinking to be very productive. Now, there is no set schedule, which means I don't have classes from one specific time to another specific time. It is abundantly, abundantly clear that the evening times are the most popular. I mean, due to people finishing work and being free. So you can imagine that from six till nine, basically every day, I have quite a clear block of classes. Sometimes that also is from four or five o'clock in the evening. Then we also have two distinctive blocks, which is lunchtime and early morning. Now, I try to avoid the early morning more because I know that my busy time is going to be in the evening and you can't do it all. I, try, I tried to do it all in the past and it just leads to burnout. I would say that in the future I'm trying to lean towards or move away from those late, late classes because they do wear you down. If you finish work at nine and you want to get an early night because you don't want to stay in bed until late, then you need to go to bed by 11. And that only gives you a two-hour window after finishing work to wind down, maybe have a snack even though it's late, maybe do some reading, watch some TV, whatever it may be. It's not enough time. So thinking about the week, exercise is a key integral part of my week, and I have to fit that in depending on my schedule for the day. That could be first thing in the morning. However, I have to admit, as winter has approached, it's been more difficult for me to motivate myself to do that first thing in the morning. So I normally do that either mid-morning or lunchtime, depending on my schedule. On Monday, I went to work out about nine o'clock. I spent some time from 7.30 till 9 a.m. having a class and doing some work, some preparation for the day. And then, uh, after I had finished my workout, I had classes from around 12 till 2.30.
Now, as I mentioned to you, I did have a consultation at around 11. What is the point of these consultations? Because they are time consuming. The minimum amount of time that I would speak with someone is 15 minutes, but it can drag on for 30 minutes. And they are so important because whenever I bring a new student in, and that is normally for my group courses, I need to know their level, I need to know their personality, and I need to know their goals. If I don't know these three fundamental things, it is impossible for me to place them correctly in the right course. And this is fundamental for the harmony of the course. Now, that doesn't mean that it's always a, an exact science. Of course, sometimes things change over time. But I would say nine times out of 10, I can make the correct analysis and decision based upon that 15 minute consultation. So that's why it's so key. And obviously, as I'm preparing my new courses for January, I could be having three, four, five, or six consultations a week. The beauty is, if I've already taught someone, and if I've already had a consultation with them, I don't need to do it again, so I can place them correctly. But if you are a new student, I have to speak to you, get the vibe, get the feeling, and know what the best plan for you is. As we said before, the evenings are extremely busy, lunch times can be extremely busy and mornings less so, but I think in the future I will be organising my schedule in a different way so that my evenings are a little bit more relaxed. Saturdays. Do I work Saturdays? Yes and no. Technically I work every single day because even if I'm not teaching, there's always video recording to do with my wife. There is always messages to respond to. There's always something to be done to maintain the flow. And the flow is a very important word. You cannot afford to disappear. You need to be on the ball and constantly present when it comes to your social media channels to be able to stay relevant, active, engaged, etc. I do normally teach a couple of classes on Saturday morning, maybe from 8 till 10 or 9 till 11, and that's not the end of the world. It's a fine way to start the day, and I still have a lot of time in Saturday afternoon and Sunday to do the other things I enjoy doing and relaxing. Um, but it is definitely important to have downtime, and it can be tricky because that kind of means that you have to leave your phone at home and be away from your phone because if I'm by it, it's very natural for me to check Instagram, check YouTube and check WhatsApp. I think another big mistake I make is that I don't have a separate work phone. That's something that I need to do in the future because you need to have clear guidelines and boundaries. Not that that doesn't mean you don't want to respond at any time, but for your mental state and your mental well-being, it is crucial. So I'm seeing even though it's been a couple of years already, I'm seeing all of these little aspects that I must pay attention to to create an even more successful and useful um, and beneficial work-life balance. I'll share with you one other little anecdote that I, that I find quite interesting. When I'm teaching, I want the classes to be active, positive, dynamic, and exciting and engaging. I don't like when they're slow, and I don't like the students to be bored, I like them to always be on their toes. However, I also need to find a balance because there is a tendency to be overexcited, to be over energetic, overly energetic. And this is not useful because it can create a sense of anxiety and it can also lead to you being overly exhausted because you're using up too much energy. 
So it's key that I find a balance between, between bringing positivity and energy to the class, but not doing too much. So one thing that I would also recommend to any teacher or educator is to be reflective, to have self-reflection and to understand what you're doing right and what you could be doing better. I don't like to use the expression what you're doing wrong because that's not fair to say what you're doing wrong, but what can you improve on? And I know that I can improve my organization skills. I know that I can improve uh, many aspects, but being aware of them is the first step in the right direction. Um, you know, thinking about one more week until Christmas and New Year's, I'm very excited for the festive period to start. I think that this will be a calm week. We are trying to cram, you know, some things in, but not too much. And then we have a little 10-day break before 2024. This is the moment for people to have New Year's resolutions. This is the moment, hopefully, for, for people to recharge their batteries and to be prepared for a new year to come to set goals and hopefully achieve them, to spend loving time with family and friends, and to be grateful for everything that has been brought into our lives, for the love, the happiness, the laughter, the positivity. And that's something that I'm really thinking about. I thank you everybody for listening, for your support and for your comments and your feedback. And uh, I hope this podcast episode was useful. 2024 is coming. I'm excited for it, but I also think it is important to live in the moment, to be grateful for what you have and to be present and aware as much as you can. Have a lovely rest of the day wherever you are, and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye for now.